You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 43, The Enneagram 4 Youth Worker. We are currently in our 11-episode series called The Youth Worker Enneagram Project. So let's head into today's episode with the featured Enneagram coach and co-host, as well as the youth worker guest. All right, we are back for another episode in this Enneagram series. And today I want to welcome our co-host and Enneagram coach, Danielle. Danielle, thanks for being on here with me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yes, me too. Me too. And today's <laughs> guest is Kelsey. So Kelsey, could you give us a little intro of who you are and also tell us your Enneagram numbers? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Kelsey Ferguson Crawley. I am a youth minister at Southern Hills Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I am, my number on the Enneagram is a four and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> um Woo, four four power yeah absolutely i always say hi four to all my other <laughs> nice <laughs> I, I love it <laughs> nice kelsey how long have you been in youth ministry i've been in youth ministry since 2012 awesome so. awesome very cool that's about how how long i've been at this church so nice. Yeah, awesome. So uh, we're in the midst of this series, having interviewed a few guests. I'm very excited to continue it. And so, uh, Danielle, if you could give us a little reminder of the main characteristics of an Enneagram 4. Yeah, so typically referred to as the romantic or the individualist. The type 4 is one of the things I I personally love about 4s is that they have this uh, keenness about authenticity and expressing their true feelings. Uh, They can be really creative. Uh, They find deep meaning in things and they have this natural knack for seeing beauty in the world around them and in their lives. Um, They also are very comfortable with kind of the negative emotions that a lot of us are not comfortable with. So they can really usher the rest of us into um, sitting with sadness and grief and processing that. Um, they, um, but they, one of the things that about them is they love um, or they seek to be unique and special. And so they want to be loved and valued for exactly who they are. And so that is a key uh, trait of theirs to really connect with themselves and connect with others. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. All right. So Kelsey, um, let's translate this to ministry. So what are some of the ways you see the characteristics of being an Enneagram 4 or just the way that you're naturally wired? Where do you see yourself excelling in ministry based on how God has wired you? So I <clears throat> I, I said I was proud to be a 4. I love talking about this because it sounds super cocky. I feel like when anyone talks about their Enneagram number, hmm. because we go on and on about yeah. how we are or whatever. And it just sounds so cocky or something or unnatural. But um, I, so for me, 
with ministry, I really relate to what you said, Danielle, about um, uh, authenticity and sitting with emotion that's typically like a sad or like a deep negative even emotion. Um, And what I mean by that is that I have, even when I was younger, um, I didn't have a youth group or anything that I grew up in, but in church, I guess I would, I would ask deeper questions than um, like if someone said, just have faith or trust Jesus or anything like that. I feel like I would have these deeper questions because I, I had struggled personally with anxiety and depression. And so I would ask those questions. um, And that's kind of what led me to be interested in youth ministry um, Mm -hmm. because I wanted to be the person that I didn't have as a teenager. I wanted to be someone who was able to maybe find answers to the deep questions and Mm -hmm. um, help with the negative emotions that other people were feeling because I had been there myself. Um, so yeah, that's like, for me, the authenticity and the deep emotion and the asking deep questions and things like that. That's, that's how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like those things are certainly necessary, especially in youth ministry, certainly ministry overall. But I mean, I can think back to when I was in junior high, I love working with junior high students now, but junior high for me I feel like for many of us was the bane of my existence. Oh, it was like, the worst time of my life. I, oh my gosh. Just socially, biologically, um, you know, even if things are like normal everywhere else in life, just those two things seem to be enough. And so the fact that you can sit and not be super fidgety and uncomfortable with dealing with those emotions, being able to ask those questions and be that source of conversation and encouragement with students who are going through that. You know, I really appreciated people with those tendencies and abilities because I don't always have those kind of things. Um, so Danielle, for someone like Kelsey, uh, who is an Enneagram four, um, if you want to expound upon kind of what she said, if youth workers who are listening are fours, you know, where do you think with students they would really excel and see themselves do well in ministry. Yeah. So one of the things for force on teams and I think even, you know, in ministry is this uh, focus on connecting, right? So they are not uh, satisfied with walking into a group and then having it all be surfacey. So like they don't want to talk about work first. They want to talk about you and they're very in tune to other people's feelings. Um, So I think we talked about this in the intro uh, episode on centers of intelligence, but the heart center is all, they have this supernatural radar. The fours actually are very in tune to their feelings and the feelings of others and really that connection. So I think in ministry, what a, what a valuable skill to have to actually walk into a room or even build a relationship where I'm not content with just the surface level, but, you know, even Kelsey mentioned like wanting to go deeper, wanting the meaning behind that. I think that's so powerful. I think also seeing the beauty and what's being created, maybe it's not perfect, but they see the beauty naturally where a lot of us are more improvers. Um, Jeff and I are the same type, so we would want to get things done, but, but, you know, kind of thinking about how fours can see the beauty and, um, and really bring that out in people. Um, and then that authentic expression, right, is so key, I think, in ministry of getting below the surface and actually 
helping people experience life change. I know as a coach, that is such a key. And when you have that natural ability to do that, that's going to be powerful for anything you do in ministry is really pulling that out of people and um, sticking with it. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think all of us would agree that, you know, when we think about ministry and how relationships should be primary and it's easy for some of us, depending on how God has wired us to really focus on the programming, right. Mm -hmm. And achieving things like for threes, right. And getting things done. But that connection element is so key. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I can connect with people pretty well sometimes because I'm a three, I can tap into that four wing a little bit, but, uh, people who really have that gift, I sit in awe of because I'm like, man, all the connection goals that I really aim for, if I write a question for a lesson or talk about it in a message or whatever, like that's where I aim for. And it's great that it comes naturally and how God has gifted some of us with those tendencies because that many times in ministry are the clutch moments. That's where I think students really need those connection pieces. And I've had that in my own life with leaders Mm -hmm. and mentors. And so I really appreciate those things. Mm -hmm. So uh, as with any kind of positive uh, side, you know, based on who we are uh, and not being Jesus and being perfect, uh, there's things that we struggle with. And um, that's why we need each other because not all of us are great at everything. Um, So Kelsey, uh, because of how God has wired you and maybe just because of who you are, because we're all uniquely made, not all fours are the same as other fours, right? Same as any <laughs> other number. Um, where do you see ministry being hard or difficult? Where do you need extra focus and help based on your natural tendencies? Sure. Um, so I wrote down, actually, I wrote some stuff down. I was looking at the the number on the Enneagram Institute to find just some things to spark, you know, mm-hmm. some conversation and some of the, I guess, negative aspects of the four, the things that I struggle with within ministry. Um, one thing is the desire to be unique is obviously something about the four and it, it's been helpful and unhelpful. And so it's helped me to, you know, to be creative um, with, lessons and the way I speak when I teach and things like that. Like I mentioned to go deeper and whatever. Um, But at the same time, like this is going to sound weird, I feel like, but at the same time, it's been like, it's been a weird negative thing. Like I've done, I've gone too far creative for people sometimes. And they were like, we hate this. Like we don't even <laughs> like, even want to do this. And I've been like, it's so deep and it's so, it'll, you know, it's, it's this and that. And they're like, yeah, we don't care. We just want the worship, the teaching and the whatever. And so instead of trying to like totally change things up and like recreate the wheel or whatever, like it's, it's just been too far creative for some people. Um, and then another thing that I was thinking was I, um, I don't actually know, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but the, uh, the four has this, like, no one can understand me vibe. Um, and I live in that, like, I just, that's where I live. And so for me, one thing, this, this is, 
has affected me in student ministry, I guess, student ministry with students, but has actually more affected me in student ministry with peers. So um, one thing that's really hard for me is feeling totally misunderstood if I'm around other student ministers. So anytime we do, um, uh, for example, we have this big D now kind of thing that is called collective and it's with all these other student ministers. And it's, it's, I don't say this in a mean way, but it's a big boys club. So not only do I feel misunderstood because I'm a four, but I'm also the only female there. So I've got this double portion of like, nobody can understand me. I'm so far out of the circle, all this stuff. So that can be really hard for me sometimes um, in student ministry. Yeah. Wow. That, um, you know, it's, we've had a, a few guests and we'll have some more guests on here, uh, in that space, but, you know, I grew up in a big Southern Baptist church and so I can, uh, obviously I can't sympathize, but I can imagine being right. a female minister in a Baptist church, right. um, and being a four and yes. just talking about it more. <laughs> yeah. That can be a compound issue. and not not to mention the uh, poll that we did in the online Facebook group that I mentioned at the beginning, which uh, is kind of the, the uh, basis for all these interviews. The four was the next to last from the bottom. Uh, cool. Out of the 1,297 youth workers who voted, only 90, less than 7%, identified as a dominant Enneagram four. And so What's the last? The last one, Danielle, do you m- remember or want to guess? I think I guessed five, but five, that may that's be a right. stereotype. <laughs> the, dominant, the dominant five, only 57, so just over yeah. 4% okay. um, yeah. are that. Uh, yeah. So our, our next episode uh, will be with Dr. Andy Root, who is a five. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think in bringing that up and looking at this poll data, And hearing this conversation, you know, it reminds me of sadly how rare some of those relational Mm -hmm. connection points are in ministry Mm -hmm. because they're so important in this Mm -hmm. ministry specifically. And so um, we need to empower, encourage, and raise up the fours in our midst, especially in youth ministry, whether you're paid staff, a volunteer, a parent, an influencer, whatever, you know, a, a coach anything because uh students especially uh in this culture but just being a teenager ever um we need people in our lives to guide us and i really think god has wired people specifically to help with this and so uh, i really appreciate fours in ministry and i definitely appreciate females in ministry because as much as i'm the beneficiary of males in my life, I'm certainly the beneficiary of females in my life right. who have helped me appreciate a lot about how God has designed me, about ministry, about the gospel. Um, yeah. So Danielle, kind of expounding upon uh, what Kelsey said, I love that, especially making the distinction between students and peers. You know, yeah. where would a four find themselves in ministry uh, and their struggles? Where might those struggles m- be made evident? Yeah, I really like to teach the Enneagram with this idea that your kind of the things that you struggle with are your strengths that get overdone. So mm. um, I love that Kelsey brought up this idea from Fours that we haven't touched on yet, but that, you know, they want to be understood and in a lot of cases don't feel understood. So a um, couple of things that 
contributed to that. One is they really are dialed into their own feelings. And sometimes, especially those in kind of the average to unhealthy space will feel like they are their feelings. So if they're not, if they're feeling a certain feeling, it's almost like they are. And that can actually stall them in engaging mm-hmm. a little bit more with the team, especially a team that is like, go, you know, like goal oriented, like trying to get things done. They're like, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I'm feeling. Um, the other thing is they pay attention to what is missing. And most of that is self-directed. So they see other people and then, you know, or a group, and then they'll think that there's something missing in them, especially again, at that average to unhealthy space. So a lot of times what hangs them up in, in ministry is that this whole idea that sometimes we can move forward without having the deeper conversation every time. And so for for fours, I think it's really that discerning piece of when is this a, a good time to have a conversation about how I'm feeling, you know, where this is going, finding deeper conversations. And when is this, this is a, a meeting where we are kind of looking at the next steps and what we need to do. Um, and so I think that can really get in the way. The other thing is all the heart center struggles with this, but in different ways, but the a kind of a need for affirmation or a need to feel like they are being understood can really hang them up. So um, fours tend to look for rejection before it's even out there. I don't know mm. if you struggle with that, Kelsey, but, um, oh, and so yeah. <laughs> really like, and threes and twos do too, um, speaking from personal experience, it just yep. looks different. And so, um, you know, really thinking about how to find kind of that, identity in Christ and in your ministry and not feeling the need for affirmation. But those are the kind of main things I had come up with and echoing kind of what you had talked about from your personal experience, Kelsey. But Yeah. And it sounds like from that affirmation that probably the fours who are listening or people who know fours probably shaking their head and thinking, yeah, you know yeah. what? I think the biggest thing is that I'm misunderstood, even mm-hmm. though ironically, I can understand students' emotions very well right. because I can sit there in them. Yeah, I think that's a challenge because they um, they have this knack to understand other people and kind of the feelings that are going on, um, and yet the others don't have the same knack <laughs> flowing back to them. So that can be such a challenge. But again, it's a strength. So how do you can tap into the strength side? And and actually, you know, um, one of the sources I I use for a lot of my training for teams, you know, they talked about how do you temper that or balance that in in a team environment or in ministry? How do you, you know, um, be aware just, and a lot of it is just more self-awareness of when you're maybe leading in and, you know, into a non-receptive environment for that. Yeah, definitely. And other things that we tap into based on the Enneagram scale are wings and so, uh, Danielle, can you, can you remind us for anyone who might not remember, or maybe this is their first time listening and being exposed to it, what is a wing in the Enneagram system? Yeah, so the wings are the types on either side of your dominant type. So for Kelsey, her possible wings would be a three, four wing three, or four wing five. Um, so um, we talked about this in the intro, and I um, had listened to some English uh, interviews, and we have a very similar philosophy to this in that wings are like the salt and pepper on your eggs, right? They are not, they don't define you, but they flavor your dominant type. Um, and for that reason, I don't always pay a lot of attention to wings when I'm typing people, unless they are confused between two types that are next to each other, because that can really explain 
your wing can explain that. Um, but you, you know, one of the things that I love about wings is yes, you typically have a dominant, but as you mature, you can access both. And so really choosing to borrow the positive traits from both, um, is beneficial. That's so. cool. Yeah. So Kelsey, is there a dominant wing that you tend to identify more with based on just how you know yourself or based on the assessments that you've taken? Um, I, I, someone told me that they thought that that probably doesn't count, (laughs) but um, someone told me that they thought I was a four wing three. And I, I, I know the threes like have drive and get things done. Maybe or something like that. But, mm-hmm. and I know the five, isn't that the investigator? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I don't actually know. Um, I use the Enya app. Um, okay. I've used that before. Oh, I don't yeah. know about that, but, and I don't know if it had told me for, for whatever reason, I have not looked into the wing as much because I was so like, every time I look at my number, I'm just like, so excited that it's, telling me everything about myself. I don't even consider wings ever. So okay. I think I'm a four wing three, okay. but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So just so the audience knows you can be a wingless person. Oh, that would be <laughs> right. <possible. laughs> so it's possible. A lot of people do resonate with one or the other, um, which is where the dominant comes from. Um, and you can have equal access to both as well. And as you mature, you'll actually experience that a little bit more. However, so a four wing three borrows from some of those three traits. So they're a little more goal oriented than the average four, um, more consumed with what others think of them because that's the three making sure they look successful. Um, and they love to establish their own unique market. Uh, so those are kind of the, the four wing three traits. The four wing five actually borrows from that five. So fives is uh, like the four, a more withdrawing type. Um, they tend to be a little more creative. And because of the five influence, they can actually, instead of always feeling their feelings, they can think and feel their feelings because fives are thinkers. Um they tend to be less concerned with what others people other people think of them because fives are very um, competency oriented and um, knowledge oriented, so they don't think about that as much. Um, they're less ambitious though, um, so they're content to withdraw and um, and focus on knowledge and wisdom. And yeah, those are kind of an overview of both wings, but. I don't know if you resonate with one of those. I resonate other. with both of those. <laughs> I, I, right, first, well. I was like, oh, definitely the four wing three, but then I was yeah. like, I feel like I've been the five before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible. Take but. take both of your wings and fly, Kelsey. Fly like yeah. God has wired you. Yeah. That's I, how I, I like to teach yeah, them, especially with, like, with a response like yours, Kelsey, is to say they both have really positive traits that you can borrow from. So use them when you need them, you know? So sometimes you'll, you'll need the three wing maybe to get more things done, maybe to be more goal oriented and like taking those next steps. Threes are very forward moving. Fives tend to be more in in the mind and really valuing knowledge. But what I love about a five, which we'll get to in another interview is they know like instinctively how to apply wisdom to life. And so taking both of those makes you a powerhouse in ministry. <laughs> awesome. Yes. There you go. So Kelsey powerhouse. <laughs> I like it. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So, uh, well, 
Danielle, thanks for hopping on here. Uh, and Absolutely. we'll have you in our next episode with Dr. Andy Root. Kelsey, thank you so much for hopping on and repping for all fours everywhere. Make sure to yeah. give everyone a, a high four wherever you are right now, even if it's to yourself, because you can resonate with yourself, right? Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, being on here. And hopefully any fours listening, uh, you have been encouraged by this and press on in ministry. Thank you for connecting well with students. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Danielle, our Enneagram coach, and Kelsey, our youth worker guest. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. And remember, you can catch all of the episodes in this series, if you missed any, at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. You can also find a comprehensive list of our guests, their bios, lists of organizations in youth ministry to help you in your own ministry. There's also a store where you can buy some items and help fund the podcast to continue its work. We also really appreciate if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And if you do that, take a screenshot before you hit submit, send it to me, and I will mail you a personal thank you along with some merchandise that you can't get on the website. So please go and do that. I'm excited to continue this series. Um, Remember, every Tuesday and Friday, there's a new episode with a new guest and some practical information for you. That's all for now. So until next time, thanks for listening. Adios.